Hi friends, welcome, welcome back, come on in. Welcome to another episode of To All the Books I've Loved Before. This week's episode is really fun. It's another book tag, but I found this list on a blogger's blog, and she found all of the coolest book tags alphabetize them and list them on her blog. So I had so many to choose from. And I kind of just went with one of the first ones that really caught my eye. Now let me preface this with, I'm obsessed with astrology. I think it's somewhat accurate. I think it's so fun. And I firmly believe I was born one day too late for the sign that I was born under. So I was born November 23rd. I'm a Sagittarius. But I firmly believe I should have been born under Scorpio. I have way more Scorpio traits than I do Sagittarian. And so I just always find it interesting to kind of see like how I compare between the two, uh, the traits that I have versus the traits that I don't have. Um, And I remember being about 10 years old and we had this little bookstore. It was an independent bookstore and it was on um, the side of town with our local Albertsons, which is now Save Mart. And this store was called Odyssey Books, and they had this astrology book, and it was an astrology book for kids. And I remember every time we went in there with my mom, I begged her to get it for me. And finally, one day, she said I could get it. And I remember going through that book, and I said, Mom, when's your birthday again? She told me her birthday. And so I looked up her sign and I kind of, you know, I'm reading it to her. And so many of the things about her sign totally pertain to my mom. And my mom was blown away because my mom does not believe in astrology at all. So I just find it fun, especially like if you're skeptical about it and you find something about your sign that totally relates to you. It's so fun and different. So Without further ado, this is the astrological book tag, and it was created by Rebecca at Peace Love Veggies. The first one is Aries. Name a book you've read that was full of desire, fire, and passion. I mean, if you've been around for the last seven or eight episodes, you know that I adore the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. I know for a lot of people that's kind of a taboo book just because of the subject matter, but the characters alone make me love that book. And so, I mean, if you want literally true to the word smut, pick up the Fifty Shades series because, I mean, it's literally doesn't have a lot of substance. But if you like great character development, especially if you like a character that's relatively unlikable or morally gray, for lack of a better word, um, Christian Gray, his evolution as a character is mind-blowing to me. Same with Anastasia Steele. I think that they both go from such extremes on opposite sides of the spectrum to a happy medium for each other. And it's absolutely wonderful to read about in the books. The next one is Taurus. Name a book you've read that was beautifully written. So very rarely 
do I find a book where I say, oh my gosh, that was such beautiful writing. However, the late winter, early spring of 2018, I'm big and pregnant with my daughter and reading constantly. I used to just walk. I had gestational diabetes. I had to exercise a lot, but you can't do a lot of strenuous exercise. So I walked a lot and I would walk and read my book. And I read a book by Leslie Walton called The Strange and Beautiful Sorrows of Ava Lavender. And what it's about is a girl who's born with wings. Super random, I know. It's a magical realism book. And it's all about her lineage and the women in her family kind of leading up to why she has wings and her story. And it's definitely one of the saddest books I've ever read. The subject matter is very sad. These women see a lot of heartache and a lot of strife and trials and tribulations. But the writing was absolutely mind-blowing. I remember being probably halfway through the story and thinking, I've never read a book where I could say that the writing itself was so beautiful. Because you can read a story And you can think, oh my gosh, that story is so beautiful, or these characters are so beautiful. But to have beautiful writing is very rare. And so I think that Leslie Walton truly has a unique talent, and she also did it in her book, The Price Guide to the Occult. So if you like flat, like I call it flowery, if you like flowery writing, but something that's not too wordy or overly wordy, she's the author for you, hands down. The next one is Gemini. Name a book that you've read that featured twins. So this one is super simple and fast because I honestly couldn't think of any except for Harry Potter, Fred and George Weasley. I mean, those are two of my favorite characters in that story, so I thought that was fitting. Plus, I literally cannot think of another book I've read that has twins in it. So next is Cancer. Name a book that was a real tearjerker. So this one, I read a lot of books that make me cry. Books that are, you know, really happy can make me cry. Books that are overly sad can make me cry. I mean, if you've read anything by Colleen Hoover, nine times out of 10, you're going to cry in her books. But I think I'm going to give this one to The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. If you haven't read this book or seen the movie, I suggest you do it. Especially if you like, I hate to use this word, but if you like teeny bopper type romance chick flick movies, that's the one for you. To this day at 33, I'll be 33 at the end of this month. I still watch The Fault in Our Stars and sob. I haven't reread it specifically because the movie makes me cry hard enough. And when I read the book for the first time, I was a blubbering mess. So if you haven't read it or seen it, it's about a girl named Hazel Grace, and she has cancer. She's 17. And I think it's during the winter... I think she says, like, I think the opening line is, during the winter of my 17th year, my 16th year, my mom decided I was depressed. And so her parents decide to send her to a support group that has other kids that have either 
had cancer or have cancer. And there she meets a boy named Augustus Waters. And she and Gus become best friends and then they fall in love. And it's literally that's the entirety of the story. These two kids, both of them were sick slash are sick and they are best friends and then they fall in love. But you can imagine with cancer being kind of the main plot of the subject matter, how sad this book can be. And it literally did not disappoint in the sad department. I remember I was house sitting, it was summer, and I was house sitting for a family friend. And my husband and I were still, we were just engaged at that point, and he was asleep. And I was out in the living room. I think I had like a hundred pages left in the book, and I stayed up late and read and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because I don't know what it is about this story, but their romance, even for being, you know, teenagers, was kind of reminiscent of Romeo and Juliet. Like, you just know it's going to be sad no matter what. And what I loved about it is, I remember the first time I fell in love and, you know, we all have those like first loves, like your first serious partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whether it's in middle school, high school, college, and it's exciting and fun and surprising and scary and amazing. And then when it ends, you just don't know how you're going to function without them. And that's exactly what The Fault in Our Stars portrays. And I remember finishing it thinking, well, what the hell am I going to do now? I have nothing to read. And I'm so heartbroken. So if you want a book that will literally make you weep, read The Fault in Our Stars. The next one is Leo. Name a book you've read that featured courageous characters. This one is so broad because... Literally every book I've read, I can pick somebody courageous out. It's every book has some sort of a hero. But I want to try to go with somebody that I don't talk about all too often. I mean, I probably talk about the books a lot, but this person in particular, I think, just doesn't get enough love. And that's Hagrid from Harry Potter. Like, He's just the sweetest, gentlest giant in all the land, and he sacrifices everything for those he cares about, and I think that, you know, characters like Neville Longbottom and Ron and Hermione and Harry and Sirius and Dumbledore, they all kind of take center stage, and then there's Hagrid over here as like a backup singer, when he should really shine a little bit because he deserves a lot more credit than he gets because he is full of courage. The next one is Virgo. Name a book you've read that was pure perfection. Okay. I mean, I could do this for every genre, so I think I might. So let's just say we'll start with um, historical fiction. I'd say the book that's pure perfection in historical fiction for me hands down, is Lovely War by Julie Berry. I cannot stress enough how amazing this book is. If you've listened to previous podcasts, you know how much I love this book. If you've never listened to my podcasts, 
Lovely War is a story of, it's a love story that takes place during World War One, and it's told through the eyes of some of the Greek gods, particularly Aphrodite, and it's how she made four people fall in love. And um, Ares has a role in it. Obviously, it's about the war. Um, Hades has a role in it. Hephaestus has a role in it. I mean, it is literal historical fiction romance perfection. If we're talking complete romance, contemporary romance, or smut, that goes to Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. This one is a lot like The Fault in Our Stars. Two best friends, when they're younger, fall in love. Then they lose contact and they fall in love again years later. Absolute perfection. Could not put this book down. If we're talking urban fantasy, that goes to the Mortal Instruments, particularly City of Glass, because Simon Lewis is the cutest book boyfriend in all the land and my favorite character. He also deserves to be on the courageous list because he is absolutely fantastic. If we're talking classics... I mean, of course, I'm going to say To Kill a Mockingbird, but also Little Women. I just recently read Little Women in 2020, and that was pretty close to perfection for me as well, especially because there are a few people in my life that have spoken about Little Women in a way that made it sound so beautiful and magical, and it truly was. All right. The next one is Libra. Name a book you've read that was neither good nor bad. I tend to not get super like overwhelmed or underwhelmed by books, but recently I listened to The Honey Don't List by Christina Lauren. And it's a romance and it's about this girl And this guy, and they work for a couple that are kind of like Chip and Joanna Gaines of Wyoming from the show Fixer Upper, only instead of having a really rock-solid marriage, one of them is having an affair and everything is for appearances on camera and they don't really have a relationship with their kids. And the two assistants end up falling in love. And that was kind of it for the story. It was okay. Like, the romance was okay. The characters were okay. Of the Christina Lauren books I've read, it was probably on the lower end for me, but it was still, like, it was okay. The next one is Scorpio. Name a book you've read that was dark and mysterious. Okay, this one, oh my gosh. I haven't talked about this series yet. So it's a duology. And it, it the first one is called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. And it's by April Genevieve Tucholk, I think is how you say her last name. And it's about this girl and her brother. And they live in this house kind of by the sea. And their parents are gone. And I just have to preface this with, it's been... 
probably 10 or more years since I've read this book and I devoured it. I read it so fast. So I'm trying to remember as much as I can, but their parents are gone. Their parents are like out traveling or are abroad or something. It has something to do with art. And so they're kind of living on their own and there is talk within their town of like a quote unquote devil that's terrorizing people throughout the town, like almost possessing people throughout the town. And I think killing them and a really, I mean, the way they describe him, a really good looking guy shows up and kind of sweeps the main uh, character, the girl off her feet. And you're not really sure if he's the devil or if he has something to do with it. And it, It's just, it's a weird story. It's very dark, very mysterious, but oh my gosh. My friend Sharon and I read it, like I said, probably a decade ago, and we both were like, holy cow. Everything about that duology was great. The first book in particular was perfect. The second book I did love so much, but it definitely wasn't as good as the first. The next one is Sagittarius. Name a book you've read that was full of adventure. This one, I think I'm going to have to go with Nevermore, The Trials of Morgan Crow. I talked about this book a little bit in my Magnificent Middle Grades episode, and it's, it's perfect. Like, everything about this story and about Morgan and Jupiter and the Wondrous Society and the the trials that she has to go through. I mean, this this entire book was an adventure from the first chapter through what I've read in the series. The whole series is just one big adventure that literally just surprises you at every corner. The next one is Capricorn. Name a book you've read that made you think. So this one's tough because I try to read books for pleasure and not so much books that make me really kind of, I guess, think. I kind of want to read something that's a little more mindless, but I would have to say the last book I read that really made me think was probably The Help by Catherine Stockett, and it was more just... I wasn't, it's hard to explain. I was more thinking just about what it would be like to have grown up in the South during that time, having maids raise me and not my mom. You know what I mean? Or or just seeing how unfairly they were treated. Some people like they, you know, portray in the book, were very kind to these women that worked in their homes. And then there were other characters and people in real life. To this day, this is still something we're dealing with that are just completely cruel. And I definitely, when I finished the book, was like, wow, this is, this is a heavy topic. And I can't imagine seeing 
or living in this time. Um, I'm really fortunate to live in a time where there is more acceptance. That's not to say there's not problems, but there's much more acceptance than there was. Aquarius, name a book you've read that was really quirky. So I think I would have to go with gra- like one of my graphic novels on this one, and that would probably have to be Pumpkinheads. And that's written by Faith Hicks and Rainbow Rowell. And it's about two best friends who are in their senior year of high school. And it's it takes place on Halloween night. And they work at their town, little town's pumpkin patch. And they do it every year. And it's the last night. And the main guy, uh, I think his name is Jonah, wants to tell this girl that he's been crushing on for years that he has a crush on her and maybe they can go on a date and his best friend at the pumpkin patch her name is Deja she wants to help him do that but she wants to eat everything through the entirety of the pumpkin patch on her last night and it's pretty much just about their adventure of going through the pumpkin patch sampling all the food and trying to find the girl that he wants to talk to only to find out that the whole time that he and Deja have had feelings for each other and they should be together. Super cute, super fun, so fun to read in the fall. I cannot tell you. I reread it at the beginning of September, I want to say, and it just puts you in the fall spirit. This one should be the last one, I think. Yeah, this is the last question. This is Pisces. Name a book you've read that was very imaginative. Ooh, this one's hard. Let's see. I feel like every story is so imaginative to some extent because I know like there are so many plots and things that I would never think of, but I'm going to have to go with the Diviner series on this one. Um, Again, if you've been listening to my channel for a while, you know that I love the Diviner series by Libba Bray. I just think that the concept of an evil for a supernatural evil force and regular people from different parts of the country that have some sort of like supernatural ability coming together to take down that force is absolutely amazing, particularly because it takes place in the 20s and it takes place primarily in New York City. And it's just you just think of the jazz age in New York City and flappers and speakeasies and prohibition and just all of it just sounds so fun even though I know that the 20s is such a romanticized time it's still to me the whole supernatural element of it mixed with the 20s is just absolutely brilliant to me so definitely if you haven't tried the diviner series by Libba Bray do yourself a favor and pick that one up And that's it, friends. That is it. I just want to let you know I am going to be going on vacation for my birthday. It's at the end of this month. So I'm going to be taking a couple of posting weeks off. I have a couple episodes ready to go. I will post those. But there may be one or two weeks where you don't hear anything from me, kind of like last week. Last Sunday, when I normally would post, was Halloween. And This was the first year that my daughter got to get dressed up and go out and go trick-or-treating. She's only three. So 
I decided to just focus on her. So I didn't post last week, but there will be a new episode this week, which should be episode seven. And then I think episode eight will go up and then I'll probably take my little vacation and then I'll be back in December. So I just wanted to let you know what was going on if I get quiet for a week and I can't wait to talk to you soon.